0: Ooh, so, today I have a guest with me, my dear friend Hadley. Um, so, today we're basically going to continue that conversation about red flags in the job hiring process. Uh, but before we get started, uh, Hadley, do you want to just introduce yourself to the people?
1: Hi, everyone. Um, so, I'm Hadley. Yeah, I'm a digital strategist working in advertising. And yeah, that's how I met Seon Tanda. We've worked together before and
0: I'm happy to be here. Cool, so let's just kind of just jump straight into the drama, honey. So basically, just a recap, I gave my perspective of what I felt like were red flags. So namely recruiters, you know, calling you at un, unprofessional hours. Uh, managers that don't look at your CV, basically undermining your confidence. And then big companies trying to give you less, you know? Um, I think we can always excuse startups. But if if you're a big company, are you not embarrassed if you're giving me less than a 10% increase from where I come from, you know? And in turn, um, when you ask for more, they go out of the way to make you feel desperate. And it's a red flag because you're just going to be in an environment that's always going to make you feel desperate to get your work. So for you, Hadley, what is one red flag that you've gone through through your job hiring process that... You kind of want other people to be aware of. I feel like I gave mine from a creative and copyright perspective. What's something that you've been through?
1: Okay, so it's a good one. So I'm all about work-life balance. It's important to me. I believe that you need to know when to work, but also know when to enjoy yourself and when to relax and when to you know, settle down. So in this one experience, I was quite far in the negotiation process at already. already Confirmed the package, so I was good with what I was getting. And then it came to when do you need to start and notice periods. And my previous contact had said, cool, 30, 30 days, one calendar a month, you know, not the usual. And these guys that I interviewed with were like, no, can you not didn't um, niche on that and start sooner? Because We've got a couple of briefs for you that are due in a few days' time and we need to start ASAP. So for me immediately that was no ways. First of all, it's telling me what the work environment is like. And secondly, it's 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 a clear indication that, that this job is gonna be a threat to my work-life balance and what I've worked so hard to maintain so far. So that's one experience that I can speak of after I was definitely like, no my work-life balance is important to me, I I see where this is going, and if it starts like this, Mm. it means that in the future, it will be expected of me to just pick up on work and just continue doing so.
0: Yeah, 100%, and I think a lot of people are afraid to say no when you're already that far in the game, like once you have the packages, once you've been told what you offer, you're kind of almost waiting to say yes to everything and it's just a lesson to everybody out there that never stop looking for red flags like don't think after yeah. after you've got the contract then you stop looking for the red flags even when you've got it you know I know people who've literally declined off the same as you just before they were supposed to go into the game and that and that, very proud of people like that Um, another thing I want to speak about when it comes to red flags um we've done the job hiring process but actually in the interview um people don't know how to look for red flags like i think it's important to look for like i said at, at every stage so one thing that turned me um or from a job because i think it was the most unprofessional thing in the world is the incorrect title like the meeting uh request had the incorrect title for what I needed to be um, applying for. So I'm a conceptual copywriter. And um, the title there, the first interview had social media copywriter. And I'm like, that's just the social media manager, you know? And then the second meeting had digital copywriter. And for me, I was like, okay, my issue was that you clearly don't know that there's a difference between the two and that worries me. You know, a social media copywriter is social. It's just Facebook, Twitter, you know. um, And they're possibly writing good posts. Whereas a digital copywriter is for all digital type of platforms. They can even write for websites. They can even write for apps. All those things. In fact, in my job now, I don't even really touch social media. Like, there's a social media manager for that. Um, Yes. You know, if they might come... My job is to create the brand tone that the social media manager can adapt to, but I'm not actually writing posts for social, you know? <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, my concern is that I'm stepping into an environment where they ha- they ha- they're they they winging it. You know, they, they don't know what they, the type of people they really want or what it take, what type of team they're building. So I was like, no, thank you. And you know, this is the type of company that it wins big awards, but I was just like, I'd rather have structure than awards. You know, yeah. and that's just a personal thing for me. So, is there anything for you that like came out of a, an interview or happened in an interview where you were like, "Oh no!" Like they said something that was just like, "Okay, that's a no for me." But you obviously had to keep it cool.
1: <laughs> no, hundred percent. So I had a very similar situation. It wasn't with regards to title, but as you know, as strategists, we are we are meant to we we. It's our, in our job to be client-facing. And there's a difference between client-facing and being client-service. And in this interview, <laughs> because you know we have to present, we have to be able to have conversations with clients. And even now and again, you know those heated, healthy heated conversations come up and you need to be able to debate the and, and stand your ground if you don't believe in something or if you, if you want to fight for your views. Uh, we've all been there. Um, but that shouldn't be confused with being client service and now managing a client so in this interview it was about a few years ago um everything's going well and it's the md so it's like cool are you happy with being client facing i'm like yeah perfect it's like yeah because you know there will be times you need to step in and to do client service work and fortunately at the time i was i just started my therapy journey as well so I was learning how to articulate what I wanted, what I needed, and what I don't want to do. So I could easily and very politely say, I'm happy being client-facing. I can entertain clients. We can we can have meetings and conversations and all these things. But where to know the line is client service. I am not checking for POs. I'm not following up on clients on certain things. That is not my job. And funny enough, um, I got the job, I took it, continued working, a couple of months later, same MD, tries to secretly put something on my on my desk saying, hey, can you please sort this out for me? It was another client service responsibility, and because I had already raised it in my interview, I could then say, hi, sorry, um, we've had this discussion, this is not what we agreed to, can you please hand it over to the correct account manager um, so that they can complete the work and um, yeah so it's like things like that where they try to sneakily put things in i think another big one is when you see uh, also early on in the job process when you see a job description and it says they're looking for a unicorn and run in the opposite direction
0: run in the opposite direction i think even run when they're with if you see a flamboyant description for your job just run because they are going to take you to the highest level of a boost. They really will. Like if they say, hey, oh, magnificent.
1: Digital magic." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. And do it because they, they would never think of hiring an engineer that way. They would never think of hiring an actress yeah. that way. They would speak to them on a level of respect. When they do all that stuff, they speak to you like a child. That's, that's child shit. Like, why are you? I'm a professional. I yes. Like, so we went to school, that And way.
1: I'm working in this industry. I'm yeah. um, an expert in what I do. So don't underestimate me. Don't <laughs> waste my time.
0: And that's and that's what people be doing. They don't mind wasting their time. I think just to the to the last point. Um, I think the question really is. I think you've also answered in What you just said now, but if maybe you have another point of some advice you could give a strategist. Um when it comes to working under somebody like a red flags to look for or something to to avoid like for me as a writer i think it's important to ask the creative director um that you're interviewing with or that you are going to work under important creative connection questions like ask them what work do they love you know ask them um what's their work process like and what's their creative process you know um dig deep into their creative mind so that you can find out if your creative mind and their creative mind aligns you know and i say this because i i I know so many creatives who have left the industry not because they didn't love being a designer or a writer but because they worked under creative director who their minds are just so different but because it's a creative director they can easily dim down your creative spark you know um i mean recently working in an environment where a creative director didn't even know what a thread or tweet is you know that type of stuff is scary you know but if you ignore it in the beginning understand it's going to be a problem later you know make sure that you guys are on the same creative level and also be judgmental in your in your interviews as well if you ask them what what award-winning work do you love and that works you're just like really that one think that as a red flag. Take that as a red flag because some people are not actually qualified for the titles they have, but they are going to be your boss. So make better decisions. So I don't know if you have like advice to other strategists out there to look for in a head of strategy or a boss.
1: Um, that's a difficult one to answer, but I think it comes down to to your personal choice. Right? And and when it comes to strategy, you know, there's no right or wrong answer really maybe they are some wrong ones. Um but you know it's it's about how you perceive things and how you make things work um and how and how you rationalize whatever your strategy is. But having someone that is open to to, to new ideas and I think that comes across with when it comes to industry to creators as well. If someone's just like no this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. and the stuff should be done then that's a red flag. Someone who's open to learn, open to te- teach as well as learn, you know, so so those are the kinds of things that I would personally look for. And then unrelated to the, to, to the department or strategy within itself is when you're looking for work within the companies, also do your research. Um, our industry is so small, we most likely know someone that has worked there or yeah. is still working with Ask around. What's it like working in this company? What are the, What do you enjoy? What are the challenges that you are facing? So that you can, because at the end of the day, we are interviewing these companies as well. And we need to make sure that they are the fit for us. So um, understanding who they are, and you can ask those questions in the interview as well to make sure that that they match your, your uh, that their culture fit for you um and the nice things so with the recent interview um my final interview was actually with um my potential colleagues so which is which is a breath of fresh air because i can actually speak to these people say hey what's your experience been like working here what have you learned what are you looking for those kinds of things and you get to already have a clear idea of the kind of people and the work environment that you're getting yourself into. Because a lot of these companies and a lot of these places, it's all nice and sweet on, on the outside, but once you get inside the door, that's when you start seeing um, all the red flags and almost like cockroaches um, coming out of the woodwork.
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah, it is hard, but I think it's it's crazy how i look back and i'm like i i got into an environment that was toxic but when i look back during the interview and the job hiring stage there was some there There was that you know and we just tend to ignore them and you will be miserable (laughs) (laughs) and then you'll find yourself (laughs) job hopping because you don't know how to choose what's best for you and yeah that's what we're really talking about today it's a big conversation of as a person uh you need to remember this job is eight hours every day sometimes 12 (laughs) and you just need to make better choices i think i love what you said about being under someone who's teachable, so maybe even in interviews, asking that question. So by hiring me, what do you, what, what outcome are you looking to see? You know.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you can kind of see from that person's so if they're like, yeah, so with, yeah, I'm trying to get your awards. You know, that's not good enough. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: They must say like, having looked at your resume, I see you haven't done enough TV ads, so I'd like to do more for you that oh i see you're actually really into hip-hop i'd like to see what you could bring to really pay attention to people's answers they, they people are they have a tendency to tell on themselves just yeah. jazz, just <laughs> i don't know if you have any final thoughts or you're good
1: i'm good yeah no this has been great i think i hope this is really this is helpful for um for people out there and yeah it's been fun
0: well, thanks so much, Heidi, for joining Black Girl Side Podcast. And for those of you out there, please make sure to hit that notification button so you never miss an episode.